Welcome to Pure and Simple, a podcast from NCMPR that spotlights the issues and topics we face as community college marketers and PR professionals. I'm Stephanie Reyna, the new media marketing specialist at Saddleback College in Mission Viejo, California. And I'm Jeff Julian, Chief of Staff at Harper College in Palatine, Illinois. On Pure and Simple, you get to hear from NCMPR members and other experts as they share their personal and professional experiences and tell stories from the field. And we've got a great episode Friends from Northern Essex Community College with a fantastic COVID-19 safety video. That's right. We're going to talk about video on a podcast. Stephanie, how are you doing? Did you just say fantastic and COVID in the same sentence? Uh, Well, maybe. I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen and see if I actually said that. Right now, I'm going to deny it. (laughs) Are you ready for forced conversation? Forced conversation with Stephanie That's what we're calling. Didn't we say that's what we're calling this segment? (laughs) Forced conversations. No, but this is great. This is our second episode. We're learning. We're learning about each other. We're learning how Mm -hmm. to do a podcast together. Things are Mm -hmm. happening. And I wanted to pick your brain and maybe see if, if you have a different perspective on how people deal with verbal kind of tics or things that they use to help them get through speech, right? One of a, one of the common ones is like, or mm-hmm. you might hear folks say, um, have you encountered that? Have you dealt with that with your, with your teams, with folks you've coached up? What's your thoughts on that? Oof. And that's the perfect um, place right now would be to just go, um, um well, like, um, <laughs> I'm meditating or am right. I, um. Stretching time here. <laughs> um, I'm I'm an ummer for sure. <laughs> I'm definitely an um uh, face space filler. Uh, I was looking up, you know, what are some of the classic kind of speech ticks, and a share a story that I shared with uh, Jacqueline was that I had a professor or a college or high school teacher at some point. Everything ended in okay. Okay? Okay. On okay. to the next thought. Shay, Shay, okay? Okay. And it, there was never, he never waited for confirmation. It was never confirmation. It was his verbal, that's just how he finished everything. And it was the yeah. most bizarre thing. We're just sitting there thinking, is, is that done? Is that statement done? Or is there more to add to this? Uh, for me, um, and us are great transition pieces, verbal transition. My lane, my brain is literally shifting gears and that's what instantly comes out is the ums and the uhs. Yeah. I don't know about your favorite. I will tell you that my perspective on this has changed quite a bit and I, I don't know when it changed, uh, but I used to be a very big stickler on grammar the way things were written, the way Mm. things were said, the punctuation. And then at some point, I don't know if it was in the process of, you know, the evolution of the way we write for social media or for the web, or even just thinking about um, what grammar means as a privilege and sort of, you know, what, what holding folks to certain rules means and how that might be an access thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but I, I really kind of, uh, all, all that to say, I kind of came away from that in, in in that if the writing conveys the message, then I don't really care if it necessarily has the proper punctuation. And I mm-hmm. almost feel that 
when I'm coaching a speaker, I think that, especially if they're trying to read a speech word for word, but try to make it sound like they're not reading something word for word, I almost yes. think that some of those verbal ticks or or functions of speech actually add authenticity to a speaking uh, in, engagement. Sure. Because a, a polished speaker can almost seem too polished at times. Like when you see somebody up there with, and you know, they've got the two clear, I'm, I'm motioning. Hey, again, I'm doing a great thing on a podcast. I'm actually <laughs> physically motioning to Stephanie. You can see me and no one else can, but you know, those yes. two clear glass screens that folks read speeches off of. It's almost as if you, you can pick up on being too polished where an occasional, um, or like, or whatever the, 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 the pause that someone might use that's verbal makes it sound more natural. So I, I, agree. I don't know. I agree. I think it's a matter of transitioning right from chatting with a friend to then recognizing the room that you're in, the space that you're taking, the, um, the moment that you're in. Am I speaking, am I giving a toast at a wedding or am I, presenting. And I think too, to your point, the more polished that it is, sometimes it just feels like there's no feeling there. But when yeah. you're talking off the cuff, it can also look like, do they even know what they're talking about? Right. Or, yeah. You know? So it's, it's, it's hard to find that balance so that you're not filling all of your space with ums and likes and right, right. Can I get a and, confirmation here? Right. Yeah. And that's the trick. When is too much, too much. And when is the perfect amount of ums or likes or rights or okays yeah. the right amount? And, it, and there, is a, there is a balance. Well, and especially in this format, who wouldn't want to hear, who's going to count my ums this episode? See how many ums. <laughs> well, we could uh, give away a prize. Oh. We could give away maybe, uh, Jacqueline, do we have some NCNPR swag that we could give uh, to someone if they count all of the ums in this episode and get it correctly. Now, of course, that means you would have to count all of the ums and and get it correct, <laughs> or someone someone would have to count. I, I, this, this is my um way. Counter. This is I my think, way of saying I'm not going to count the ums. But if someone <laughs> wants to email me how many ums were said in this episode. I will count them and verify and send them swag. Someone okay, wants what, to do that. I'll make that happen. What email okay. is that? J Garver, J G A R V E R at N C M P R.org. Yep. If you want to count the ums in this episode, you maniac, you knock yourself out and I will send you something <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and all of the ums count too. It's not just the ums that were said in the moment of trying to collect your thoughts. It's any, re any reference we made to, um, so yes. anytime, anytime, any, um, thanks for that, Jeff. Appreciate that. You're, wel <laughs> you're <laughs> welcome. So just a few more. Um, 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 yes. um, 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 wonderful video that they've created. Um, I agree. Mm. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. We're all sick of talking about COVID. You just heard me say that. And you're probably considering turning me off right now. But our guest today found a way to keep your attention 
Allison Dolan Wilson, Vice President of Institutional Advancement at Northern Essex Community College in Massachusetts, and Trevor Stair, Creative Director at Northern Essex, worked on their college's COVID-19 safety video. And let me tell you, it's a hoot. It explains the safety measures and precautions at Northern Essex via, get ready for this, interpretive dance. And get this, their video took home a bronze paragon this year in promotional video short form. Allison and Trev, welcome to Pure and Simple. We are so happy to have you with us and getting a chance to talk about this really great COVID-19 safety video that you all put together and won a bronze in promotional video short form for the Paragon Awards. I mean, you know, I, I and of course, in classic podcasting fashion, we're talking about something that people have to watch, right? So it's always, I've, I always learned back in the day in journalism school and in, in broadcasting was like, hey, when you're on the radio or now podcasting, make sure you talk about something that people should be looking at because it really works well. But no, seriously, it's a great <laughs> video. We've got a link uh, with the with the podcast material so people can go and see it. But I, I just found it so funny. And there's one spot in particular that really made me laugh even without looking at it. So I want to play the audio from that section. And then let's talk about this video. So, all right, let's take a listen. This is breaking news. Geese on campus continue to not practice social distancing. Can't have everything. Okay. So that I, I just find that that so funny because I, I think just everybody has to deal with geese. Geese are annoying. No one <laughs> likes geese, right? Yeah. So so talk about this video. D- describe the video for folks who, who haven't seen it. Allison or Trev, tell, tell them about your COVID-19 safety video. I, I just want to first stop and say that I'm just glad that we provided an opportunity to use great and COVID-19 in a sentence. <laughs> right. So exactly. That's amazing. Yay for a, us. A, a rarity. <laughs> Um, I can maybe start with, I guess, how it came to be, and then I'll toss it to Trev. Um, you know, we, this was almost more of an internal video. We ended up doing it, you know, externally as well, but it was about everyone had been off campus, faculty, staff, students, and bringing people back on campus and wanting to find a way uh, for people to be comfortable with that, but also to let them know all of the ways that we were making sure we were uh, going to have a safe return for everyone. So, we um, had put out all the emails and done the PowerPoints for the, you know, the virtual Zoom calls. And, you know, people would be asking chat questions about information that was just given. We're like, it's not, people are not picking up on it. Like, have you ever thought of? And we're like, oh, why aren't they hearing it? And um, our VP of uh, finance, Mike McCarthy, said, you know, if you guys want to do a video, I can, you know, set aside some money for you guys to do a video. And I kind of said, you know, if we're going to do a video, it has to be something fun and funny. Um, and I think there was some nervousness about that because everyone kind of said COVID, safety, fun, I don't know. Um, right. and, and from there, I said, you know, but um, all the new airline safety videos, I think they're all trying to one-up each other with um, with their fun safety videos. And I'm sure they don't want to, you know, do anything that could be misrepresented there and make light of falling from an airplane or any of that stuff. So um, from there, we kind of moved on. So Trev, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. All right. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, the assignment came over and it was definitely a, 
unique experience. It's not often that we have uh, a VP come and say, we want this project to uh, be irreverent. Uh, so that kind of um, uh, freedom and kind of marching orders from the very beginning, I think just um, it was just very unique and, and was just kind of exciting to kind of sink our teeth into. A creative gift, truly. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, but a challenging one, because as Allison said, um, you know, uh, striking the right tone. I mean, obviously, we didn't want to come off like we were making light of the pandemic in any way. It was more, um, you know, finding, um, making fun of the, um, of kind of the, the, just being tired of all of the messaging that we've been inundated with over the pandemic. Right. So. How many creative ways to say, please wear your mask? How many creative ways to say, <laughs> six feet distance, please? Um, you both mentioned that you, actually, Allison mentioned the airline videos. And the one that sticks out in my mind is the Virgin America that they did with Todrick Hall. That jingle, to this day, is still wonderful. <laughs> Um, was there a video, an, an airline video that you looked at and thought, this is kind of a vibe that we're going for? This is what we want to make this look like? Did you have something in mind or was it, did you just I, I, give off the assignment? I think they're all running in because when we first said that, I feel like I had one in, in my mind. I used to do a lot of traveling for work. And then, of course, the one that I had in mind, I couldn't find. So we ended up watching all, all of the airline videos. We will be the safest people to fly with um, <laughs> on, on just about any level of jet. Uh, I, I recall when maybe it was Southwest, maybe it was JetBlue. I don't know. It was almost kind of like musical and they did it like a one-shot camera where it was kind of all probably um, just in studio and they were using mirrors and things like that. But then we were doing some, the international ones have some really, really clever ones that honest to God are like almost shot like a movie. Yeah, I think the one that I had in mind, because I had gone um, uh, before the pandemic, I had gone on a flight uh, or a trip to uh, Paris. And so the uh, Air France um, safety video was just very charming, very French. Uh, it wasn't uh, necessarily humorous, but it just had a very light tone. And I think, um, you know, that one and other ones, I don't think there was like kind of one we said like, conceptually that we wanted to kind of, you know, get the, the tone for. It was more um, kind of a, a, approaching a dry subject in a, kind of a lighthearted way. Trevor, sure. was that the one where they were all naked except for the body paint? That was not the one. <laughs> because we looked at a lot. <laughs> I, you know, I was trying to remember which one that was. And um, yes, there was one where... Uh, Everyone was naked. Um, uh, with Probably Frontier Airlines, where they don't really give you anything. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember, but uh, we're a little that nervous was far about too much sharing front. that. Yeah. yeah. We, we <laughs> that was a little one we were a little, a little yeah. nervous about sharing yeah. with the agencies. So you have your ideas. How does the process work? What was your target audience when you finally decided, okay, we have money for a video. We've been tasked with a video. We want irreverent airline in mind, where do you go from there? The first mission was really informational um, and, you know, helping our faculty and staff to know truly all the resources, all the work that had been being done um, while everyone was working from home, that we were really prepared, that we really had, I mean, 
yes, the video is funny, but hopefully you're like, what? They had virus air suckers and they had, um, you know, individualized, um, you know, the plexiglass in between. I mean, there was really, you can get fitted for a KN95. And when we say fitted for a KN95, I mean, we really, we have an amazing healthcare program here where you could go over there and they put the hood on you and they spray some stuff. And I mean, you're fitted, right? So, I mean, we're doing a ton of stuff. And so I think it was a little bit about all of that. And I think the lighthearted piece came in that people hadn't seen each other for a long time. So almost that kind of, you know, was it after um, 9-11 on Saturday Night Live, you know, during one of the cold opens, that was kind of like, is it okay to laugh now? And it was like, you know, why start now? Uh, but, right. you know, it was kind of that thing, like, it, it's all right, and we're coming back, and it's stressful, and and especially for maybe people that have an underlying condition or people that they live with, you know? So that idea of, yes, we have all of those and we're still here for each other. We're a community um, and it's going to be fun to come together again, but we're going to make sure that we do it safely. And and so uh, Mm -hmm. a lot to put on (laughs) um, a two minute video. Uh, And so I think that was the hard part as we talked about, you know, what do we want this thing to do? We wanted to do everything, Um, but they did a great job. In the time, the time frame again, was this, Spring twenty twenty one. When when exactly was this? Because it wasn't it wasn't your obviously your in your first set of communications in like March of of, of twenty twenty. No, no, it was when we were coming back. So when was that term? Was that like mm-hmm. uh, it was May? Uh, May it finally May released in May, but we were uh, yeah. uh, creating it. I think starting at the end of March into yeah. into April. Yeah, it's so for for me. I remember being in Denver at the national conference when you know you all were recognized and and seeing the video play and and being at a table with colleagues and then with you know folks that I knew from my institution and others. And I think everyone was laughing, but they were also kind of looking around, going, "Oh, geez, you know, could we have done that at our institution? You know, well, oh no, our president never, you know." So, you know, we. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like you were worried about it, but was there any kind of concern about doing something this ir- irreverent regarding the pandemic? And then, once you decided this is the course that we're going to take, what did you do to get the buy-in from leadership? Um, I guess I'm fortunate that I'm one of the people making those calls. So yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And um, our president is awesome and unique. Um, and he loves the creativity. He's a storyteller. Um, he actually has his PhD in theater arts. And okay. uh, when there was the big, you know, and a lot of people were getting kind of recognition for their fun snow day videos. Uh, he actually has one of those. He did a great Green Day rendition. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, he had the trust in us, you know, again, that, you know, cause we had that conversation up front. I always like to go with an argument ready, you know, just in case like expecting, like if someone says, but, uh, yeah. so we had a good conversation in terms of, we want to do this, we want to do this fun and here's all the reasons why. And we've taken into consideration that we're not making light of something. And I think being able to sort of call on the airline videos, again, airline safety is not a joke and there are ways to do it where, you know, it's fun and that you're actually getting people to listen and keeping their attention um, as opposed to, you know, a PowerPoint of here are the 10 things that we've done in each building. Yeah. And humor is an effective tool for capturing audience attention and conveying information. And there's no point, you know, for anyone who's seen the video or will watch the video, there's, there's no point where you're making fun of the pandemic as 
as its effect on society or anything like that. Right. As, as you mentioned earlier, you're, you're making fun of sort of the, the mundaneness of being, uh, of facing this messaging and, you know, this, this constant, um, just the stuff that started to get old at that point in the pandemic too. That, that, that's why I brought up timing because I think timing is very important as well. You're about a, you're over a year out from the actual, you know, first time we all went, went remote, so to speak. And so folks are coming back and they've been dealing with this for a long time. So I think, I think that's why the humor works as well. Now you mentioned you work with an agency, which, which I, I think is something that folks would be interested to know sort of how you pick an, how you pick your agency and work through a process like this. And then also the, the actor, uh, in this, in this video, there's a, there's an interesting story or something special about, about him as well. So talk a little bit about the agency process and, and then what you discovered about your lead actor. Uh, most definitely. And, um, actually part of that dynamic was, um, kind of relates to your previous question because, you know, you asked, you know, it was, do we have to worry about anyone reining us in or anything like that? Um, when we first approached the agency, they were the ones that were initially skeptical yeah. about having a lighthearted tone for a video like uh, that was basically about COVID um, testing. Ah. Um, so there were a lot of conversations about, you know, um, like where were the parameters and things like that, um, which was really great because, I mean, um, it was gave us some kind of um, uh, yardsticks that we can measure against throughout the entire process. Um, so that was extremely helpful. Um, but in terms of, you know, the agency relationship, um, uh, the agency, uh, we, we selected a local agency uh, for this particular project that uh, had a portfolio of um, uh, video and commercials that had uh, the tone that we were we were looking for, uh, and also the the creative concepting chops that would be able to um, really come up with a concept that was able to communicate the ideas that we were looking for. Um, so it's it wasn't an agency that we have uh, a continuing relationship with, but we have worked from for time to time, um, and. I think one of the ways that this really kind of, uh, or one of the ways that this really was such a successful um, outcome was that, um, you know, we came to the agency not with, you know, the exact idea, but more about what we were trying to achieve, the tone we were trying to do, um, the points we were trying to make, um, let them kind of go off and um, kind of come up with the concept. Uh, which we which, which we then could react to. So you know it was it was their idea to kind of do the interpretive dance uh, approach, uh, <laughs> which I think was a brilliant way of uh, coming at the material. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it worked really well. And you know I think it's just you know uh, giving your agency the the room to kind of work and like you know being able to uh, offer the insight that you have about the college. Um, the the Canadian geese was something that we fed to them just because it's a problem that, uh, or not a problem, but just an issue that you can often hear geese uh, uh, honking outside your window. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's just uh, a really good one that kind of collaborative uh, relationship can work. 
which that's a funny story about Canadian geese before the interview before you talk about the actor because we finished it and and the actor said Canada geese. <laughs> I remember being like, what? Canada geese? It's Canadian geese. And everyone's like, technically it's Canada geese. I was like, well, no one is going to think that. Everyone says Canadian geese. <laughs> I think that was what we had the most discussions about. So, uh, yeah, that was probably yeah, the, the 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 one element that was was really um, um, overly discussed. <laughs> well, you, yeah, well, you always find something like that in any yeah. project, right? Where yeah. you're like, this is not even remotely important to the no. overall product. No one will ever know. But let's yes, let's spend three hours and yeah. about a 100%. thousand emails working this very yeah. minute script uh, piece. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, that's that very, trust me. That's that that's certainly relatable. Mm-hmm. So. Very niche reference. I will say that the interpretive dance was Chef's Kiss perfect, um, <laughs> but the part that took me out was when he's dancing over the vent of the HEPA filter, and I'm just <laughs> imagining so it good. was so funny. But that then reminds you, these filters, that's their whole job. And if we're going to give life to a COVID spore, this is what I, I imagine it fighting to the death before I get sucked into this HEPA filter. So that that took me out. I, I'm sure I cackled out loud at the Nationals watching that. I, it was it was it was wonderful. I loved it, but how did your audience um, like the video? Was it shared widely? I mean, I guess the next question is how did how did this get on their radar? And then once it was on their radar, how was it received? So we sent it out um, in an email. Um, I think I went into it being like, this is definitely going viral. What are we going to say when we're on Good Morning America? Uh, well, we didn't. We didn't have to remember that. But uh, you know, uh, you weren't thinking about us at that moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll get on the NPR podcast. Is what I meant to say. Let's rework that. Um, dreams do come true. That's right. Uh, and so. Uh, I, I think people were surprised about it, and they loved it, um, and it got shared quite a bit. And so I think because of that reaction, we ended up sharing it more widely on our social media channels. And our president, Lane Glenn, said um, he got quite a few um, emails from presidents. And then I think uh, we heard from quite a few of our counterparts being like, our president sent it to us and wanted us to do something like that. And we were like, are you crazy? (laughs) It's not that easy. Um, So it was fun. Trev, what do you think? Uh, yeah, no, um, that was my experience as well. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, using the social channels, um, you know, I, I heard um, uh, some at that time we were still remote. So that was also you didn't get so much the um, the water cooler water chatter. Cooler, yeah. um, right. Uh, so it, I did get emails and things like that and, and um, uh, asides on Zoom meetings uh, about uh, people what people thought of the video. And uh, it was definitely uh, unexpected, I, I think, is a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and the actor. We never talked about the oh, actor right, either. Yes. Yeah. Tell us. So the, uh, the, act, the way that came about was, was kind of interesting. So the agency um, uh, did a town search. Um, narrowed it down to, uh, I believe, three choices. 
Uh, and they had, um, I think, a uh, internal disagreement over uh, two of the two of the the picks. So, I think um, I think one of the principals there wanted one of the people, and uh, the other one wanted another. Uh, so uh, they let us decide. They didn't give us any information uh, on the background of um, uh, of of either subject, but uh, they played the tapes. Uh, we loved the gentleman that we ended up uh, selecting, um, and uh, he was just the perfect tone. I, I think I think what kind of struck him about me was uh, he had that Troy McClure uh, um, kind of quality <laughs> from The Simpsons. I'm not sure if that if that reference yes. saves me totally. Yeah. But, um, uh, I was looking for Ron Burgundy, and that's who Trev was looking for. I think we struck a nice balance. Yeah, yes. uh, good, Burgundy was definitely on my list as well. Um, <laughs> So once, once, you know, we had, I mean, pretty much internally at, at the school, um, you know, we were all like, that's our guy. Um, and then it was then that they said, hey, uh, just so you know, uh, he actually is an alum. So because oh, uh, nice. they didn't want to tell us beforehand because they didn't want to, um, you know, kind of have us go one way or the other right. um, and just kind of pick him on his merits. So uh, it was, was, yeah, we just, yeah. we just naturally knew that NACC students are the best. We don't need to be told. That's right. <laughs> That's such a cool coincidence. And so sweet that it worked that way. Does that mean that now this gentleman will be featured in other videos for the college? Do we see a full campaign? Is this perhaps the new voice? Is Irreverent now the new vibe of your college? I mean, how do you think that this piece now will kind of guide the rest of your marketing? Or do you think like, that was great and that was perfect for that moment in time. Now let's shift. How do you, how do you see this moving forward? <laughs> I'll let you answer first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, I think that was special and unique. I think that um, so we have a pretty new team. Um, I'm replaced. I replaced a 40 year incumbent, um, and uh, Trev started during the pandemic, as well as a couple of our other folks. And so I think just overall, an op- an opportunity for us to think about our voice, think about how we're putting things out there and um, not needing to be one note. I think there's an opportunity for that. And I think we're not afraid of when to be irreverent, when to be funny, punny, um, all of those sorts of things. And then when we need to strike that balance, uh, you know, and, and serious too. I, I think sometimes, even you know, on the total opposite side, we're kind of saying, where can we tighten things up? Where can we increase polish and professionalism? Um, a lot of times where I feel like we're talking about other campaigns and what we want to do with enrollment and other things is that whole idea of um, let's not be afraid to think of, think like a four year um, in terms of how we present ourselves in terms of the collateral that we choose to use. So I think maybe not sticking with, that irreverent tone all the time, but sticking with the not being afraid to go outside of our norm tone. I would agree with that. And I think just to add on to that, um, that concept in particular, that spokesman, uh, so to speak, um, you know, I think he definitely worked really well for that pandemic context. But, um, and who knows, maybe it might be appropriate to bring him out for a special occasion. Uh, who knows what lies down the road, but I definitely think that, you know, he kind of is, uh, 
really just kind of meant for that particular one, especially since uh, people, you know, any association with COVID-19 is, you know, just kind of, it's just it's very tiring. <laughs> right. So, but hopefully um, when he makes it big, he'll have that on his reel because uh, exactly. I think it showcases, I mean, the guy has a great voice, excellent timing and some pretty wild physical comedic chops. Well, and I admire the, uh, the candor that you share and that you see it as a, as a one-off right now, because there, there could be this temptation to kind of move towards, okay, that's us now. Right. And everything's gotta be funny. And there's this level that we, that we must achieve. And I, I think the nice thing is though, whether you do it once and never do it again, or you bring a, bring some form of that back in other campaigns, at least you've stretched the boundaries in which you, you have to work. You know, you know, this works now, you know, that this is part of the college's tone and tenor and it's not, it's not too far out in, out in left field. So that's, I mean, that, that must feel good to know that you've got that additional space to, to, to work within. And Trev is so creative and the whole team over there, it's like, I'd hate to box them in anyway. So it's not, so you know, now that it, that's been created, that's a whole new box, right? So it's something else to break out of for sure. Yeah. Cause I, I think back to, you know, what I asked you earlier, kind of described sitting at the table with others, watching that video and thinking, you know, uh, my, my president or board will, will never go for this. So, so what, what advice do you have for, for folks sitting there thinking that, right? You know, how, how do you pave the way for more creative freedom, whether it's about humor or not? That's, I mean, humor is just one element of, of pushing the boundaries of the creative voice of an institution. So, you know, how, how do you work to, to get that creative freedom? I mean, for me, I think it's about not just going in with an idea because that's too easy to poke holes out of. It's almost, even if it's not, a physical one sheet, almost kind of having that one sheet in your mind and kind of expecting what are, what are going to be this, what are going to be some of the holes that folks will try and poke into this and kind of say, here's the concept, here's the why, here's how we see about going, going about this, almost presenting sort of all the reasons why not first. I mean, not, not to, you know, put, put your dukes up automatically, but to kind of say, and I bet you're thinking X, Y, Z, but we've thought of this and here's why this, and here's why this would work. And it always helps. I think, especially in an academic setting to be able to point to some other examples of how something like that worked. And so really presenting, I think, a, a solid and well thought out case as opposed to just kind of pitching right. um, a zany idea. Yeah. Trev, what do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, honestly, it really does come down just to having the, the right people in leadership that uh, can support these kind of ideas. Um, you know, it's in terms of, you know, there's just some people that are just, you're, um, you know, you're never going to be able to convince to do something that's a little bit different or a little bit irreverent or, or whatever that may be. And, um, you know, I think, um, it's just very fortunate to, to have that leadership in place, uh, not to uh, um, uh, pat uh, Allison on the back too much while, while we're on here. I got to give her a little bit of a hard time. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's so it really I mean, I think it's, you know, to Allison's point, I think it is really comes down to, um, you know, just kind of pointing to other instances where, um, you know, going against the grain has, has really paid off because uh, that seems to what is some kind of closed minded uh, people really respond to. 
Well, that's great. Well, Allison and Trev, thank you so much for being on the Pure and Simple podcast and discussing this hilarious video. Hopefully everyone will go to the link and check it out and, and get the same um, laugh out loud kind of enjoyment that, that all of us have thus far. So thank you both for being on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Pure and Simple is presented by the National Council for Marketing and Public Relations, an organization for marketing and PR professionals at the nation's two-year community colleges. For membership information, visit ncmpr.org. And don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review Pure and Simple wherever you get your podcasts.